So today, I'm going to be sharing a word called God's Intercession. The three persons of the Trinity have always been totally fulfilled in love and purpose as the three-in-one God. And through Jesus, we've been invited into this loving communion of agreement and purpose. The Bible says in 1 John 5, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Their love for one another as the three persons of the Trinity was a mutual giving and serving and sharing. They shared everything with one another throughout eternity. And now we can become part of that mutual giving and serving and sharing. In the here and now life on earth for us, we join that. It's been going on for all eternity. There's a word that's used in the Bible that means being in personal conference where things are agreed upon and acted upon. And that word is intercession. Entechano means a conference. We see that word highlighted in the scriptures concerning our prayer in finding God's will in our lives through the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because this is called today God's intercession. And in Romans 8 verse 25, we see the process of this conference, the entechano, the intercession for our prayer. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what we should pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself makes intercession, and that word is not just entechano, it's hyper-entechano. It's like an intense conference, personal and close. He makes intercession for us with groanings without words. Now he who searches the hearts, and that's Jesus, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, Jesus, makes intercession, the original word, entechano, not hyper-entechano. Jesus makes intercession for the saints, that's us, according to the will of God, the Father. And note the different words. Holy Spirit's intercession is different to Jesus' intercession. The reason that we don't know what to pray for as we ought, and that's what the Bible says, we just don't know what to pray for. And that's logical because we don't know the full intention that God has for us in our circumstances. How do we know we're praying in the perfect will of God? We just don't. And God's intention is always the best intention, whether our prayer is for our own need or for somebody else. We just want to be able to pray the best prayer. But it's so hard. I mean, life itself, in living as part of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, agreement and unity, Paul says it's looking through a glass darkly. You just don't get it all the time. And we never will until we see Jesus face to face. So we've got to learn to live with that. So what hope have we got to get everything right? Even our prayer. So the Holy Spirit knows that. So his intention 
is always the best one. So we can have our intention, and I think it's good to have an intention. You go into prayer with something. You formulate something in your mind because you have an intention. And we know that we've got to go to somebody who really cares and loves us. So we, we just say what it is. But we'll always feel inadequate about how to achieve that thing. How do I get the result? And that's why we come to God in prayer in the first place. We do have to have something to come with. Otherwise, we'd sort everything out for ourselves. A lot of people do that. Prayer works. We accept that God knows best. And we respect the fact that only he can answer our prayer perfectly. So how do we articulate it perfectly? Well, what if there was one person of the Trinity that had a way to take that burden of uncertainty and helplessness? That's the work of the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Hyper intishana. Longing to take on the emotional distress and the groaning of our soul and articulate it in the spirit. Without words, as far as we're concerned, it's a groaning in the spirit and he articulates what words need to be said to another person of the Godhead, Jesus. That verse said, the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings without words. When the Holy Spirit shares with Jesus the burden that he has for us, that's the Holy Spirit intensely taking on our feelings, then Jesus becomes creatively involved in that prayer. The Bible says that Jesus who searches the hearts, I'm just quoting the scripture now, Jesus who searches the hearts, he's, he knows the hearts of, of humanity and who knows what the mind of the spirit is, of course, because they're all in agreement with one, with one another. Well, now Jesus carries that prayer to the Father for his will to be done for his children. That's the perfect prayer. So here we see Jesus knows the heart of humanity and, of course, he knows the heart of the Father and he knows the mind of the Spirit. So he stands in the middle. The Bible says that he, Jesus, makes intercession for the saints, that's us, according to the will of God the Father. That's the most beautiful process of prayer that there is. Uh, that's what I call presence prayer. Us together in a prayer huddle with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Surrendered prayer, knowing we're going to get the best result there is. And we now see, and I'm going to reiterate this, that there are two intercessors in this prayer. The Holy Spirit is the first one. He intervenes. He just walks straight into our heart, into our soul, into our feelings, into our mess. And he initiates the intercession for us in our emotional neediness. And he does the emotional heavy lifting for us. Sometimes you can almost feel him doing it. And let it happen in you. Let the emotion be expressed. Join the Holy Spirit and say, thank you. This is hard. Emotions are emotions. So then there's Jesus. He stands in the middle. He takes the Holy Spirit's prayer and mediates for us. He doesn't initiate. Holy Spirit initiates. He gets it going. 
And then Jesus mediates for us, his brothers and sisters, the fathers, sons and daughters. He carries the prayer for the lowly heart of humanity to the loving heart of the Father. What a person that is. That's Jesus. Now, as we've already seen, the word for the intercession of Jesus is slightly different to the word for the one of the Holy Spirit. We've had a look at those words. And with the Holy Spirit, there's an added emphasis in the word hyper, which indicates that the Holy Spirit intervenes with a fervour in carrying the burden of our emotional distress and articulating that to Jesus on our behalf. The Holy Spirit does one thing, Jesus does another thing. The Father then does his loving goodwill for his child and reorders our circumstances. That's what fathers do. They order circumstances. They take the management of those things for the children. We see that in the next verse, it says, in fact, this is the next verse. I've, I've read you the, the prayer verse, but now the, the next verse, verse 28, then obviously gives us confidence to be able to say this next part, and we know that all things now work together for good to those who love God, to those who are invited to be partakers of his purposes. So you see, when you enter into a prayer like this, surrendering it with the intention of having the Father's will done for you, knowing and trusting that that's the best, then he says, well, everything's now going to work together for good to bring that about. That's a prayer process of presence with God. You do it knowing that Father, Son and Holy Spirit are with you in that huddle. You're never alone in prayer. Remember I said we don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's true. That's logical. But we do know how to pray. The Bible's very clear. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Nothing changes there. But the Holy Spirit, the hidden one, comes in and takes a hold of the reality of that prayer. Each person, individually, he knows it totally. Okay, so that's that prayer. But we'll see in a few verses down. The Bible makes a further mention of the intercessory mediating ministry of Jesus. We haven't finished with prayer yet, but we're looking at another context of prayer now. It goes on in, in verse 34. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is indeed interceding for us at the right hand of God. So are we going back to that prayer again? No. The mediation mentioned here is outside of specific, focused prayer. This is happening in our daily walk, our life with Jesus. We may not be focusing on any specific prayer, but we want to stay connected to God. And guess what? He's interceding. It's for any time that we become conscious of the healing care of Jesus for our souls. I'm conscious of that a lot. Thank you, Lord. This soul, please get it into shape for me. That's also presence prayer, but it's in another context. It's what Jesus meant when he said, you should always pray and not lose heart. How do you do that? You're just conscious that Jesus is there always taking what your need is to the Father 
and also reflecting back to you that he's doing the heavy lifting in the outworking of the things that you want to have God's will in simply doing day by day as things confront you. You haven't got time to call a prayer meeting, even with, even with your own soul. You think, what do I do now? You go into it, you're to know that he's interceding for you all the time, all the time. Always pray and do not lose heart. Also in Jude, he says we should be praying always in the Holy Spirit. I believe that's what he means as well. Just conscious. That's what's happening. See, we're always connected to the flowing together with the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Always. We're always the fourth one being personally included in their communion of kingdom purposes in the earth. For us, at least. <laughs> us. So that then we can allow the us that knows the purposes of God and is confident that something is working concerning the purposes of God in us, outwards from us, and, and that will start to work outwards to other folks as well, of course. But they want us to know what to do and how to do it. And they don't mind if we make mistakes because you just keep coming around into the mercy of God. The Holy Spirit is always the comforter, always the one who fills our hearts with the love of the Father and of Jesus. He's always been the love shedder and the love spreader. He leads us into the truth about Jesus and he teaches us from that truth. We're always being taught by the Holy Spirit about who Jesus is and what he does. Jesus is always the healer and saviour and mediator. He conquers the enemy for us and he shares his place with the Father, with us. I mean, we're seated with him. He shares that with us. And Father is always the one who so loved the world that he sent his only Son. And the Father plans your life ahead for you. That's what Dad does. Remember, Father's love for you is as great as it is for Jesus. Read that in John 17. That's how powerfully the mediation of Jesus is for us as humanity. He says, Father, I thank you that you love them the same as you do me. That's inclusion. See yourself as part of their communion of love. You're not an outsider. You're an insider. We begin to live like we're there for God and God's there for us. This is a tremendous challenge to our humanity that likes to hive off and do its own thing, work things out for itself, or feel that it's left out or nobody cares. Hey, no, here is, the, here is the way through and in. And with, and it's good to sit and be still. Take time, be still, and know that I am God. And practice what it's like. Get the sense of your body and your soul and your spirit conforming to that unity and that love and that grace and the mercy without which we think, what am I doing here? For goodness sake, I don't belong here. He says, well, yes, you do. <laughs> In that place of presence, you can be conscious of Holy Spirit bringing the love of the Father to you and of Jesus and simply receive that and be rested and given peace. So these are times of sitting and these are times of 
conscious faith and trust that God is doing. The disciples said to Jesus once, what do we have to do to do the works of God? <laughs> Jesus said, believe. This is the work of God that you believe. Same thing here. Be conscious that God is the doer and that Jesus will be doing the doing through us. And you become a witness of that. Lord, you're doing that. Or, Father, you did that. After I've shared this word this morning, I want to invite you to sit. I'm going to be sitting for 10 minutes, as we did last week, just in the presence of God and capturing the truth of these words. In whichever way you like, my heart will be just to simply sit in the always pray context rather than try and focus on a need I'd like to just receive today. But I want to stay back and do a bit of this presence prayer. In this kind of mode of prayer, you can be conscious of receiving Father's provision for your material needs. Just like he clothes the lilies of the field. That always sweeps me off my feet when I get anxious about finances. <laughs> he says those things with meaning and purpose. You can receive the wisdom of the mind of Christ. You can receive creative faith through a living word from Jesus. Every moment in his presence is as powerful as the moment that he spoke creation into being. Sometimes I just like to think about that. This is a pretty big moment. The batteries have not drained at all. Nothing's running down. This is the way to be in a place of readiness in the spirit and to respond to the many things that are coming upon us so rapidly in these days. New things, unprecedented is the word these days. And this is the best way I know how for us to remain centered in the will of God. Thank you, Lord, for including us as the fourth person in that beautiful communion of agreement in our lives. And we sit with you now and give you thanks for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.